We could leave this town and run forever. You done? Yellow card's a little bit better than some. No. Damn it. I like the yellow card. You ready? Simplified Chaos, episode 32. Life is beautiful and full of chaos. And it can get slightly out of hand if that shit's not tamed. We're here to share how to simplify the little things to start leading a more purposeful life. This is Simplified Chaos. Welcome to Simplified Chaos. This is Jillian, one of your hosts, and I'm with my husband and co-host, Nicholas. What's going on, folks? What are we talking about today, Jillian? Today's topic... Wait, let me um, get Whoa. off of Ocean Avenue lyrics. Oh, God. <laughs> I was going down... Uh, there may be some outtakes with this one. Nostalgic Lane, and uh, somebody brought up how we used to listen to Yellow Card in my 89 Honda back in the day, and... I was singing Ocean Avenue to Nicholas. <laughs> I was not impressed. <laughs> I'm not known for my singing at all. The people are just dying to know what we're going to talk about today. I know. <laughs> Man. <laughs> all right. Today's topic is all about creating a home for exploration versus restriction. I don't like being restricted. Who does? I don't think anybody does. No. Well, maybe this- there, there's a few people. Possibly. This is very inspired by Lucille because... Well, yeah. This episode's about her. It, Well, yeah. But I mean, I feel like it can be related to adult life, too. Of course. I feel like any lesson that has to do about kids can immediately be directed to adults, too. And they should be. We're all humans, after all. We are. Yes. But before we dive into today's topic, let's talk a little gratitude, Jilly. What are you grateful for this evening, today? <laughs> um, today, I am grateful for really close friends who just get us. And I'm referring to Thursday night. God damn it. <laughs> you took my gratitude again. Calm down, Nicholas. Go for it. All right. So usually we podcast on Thursday (laughs) nights, but because we had an impromptu friend come over, uh, we didn't podcast. And I guess I'm more grateful that we have so much space in our days and our schedule that could allow us to just be and hang out with our friend. And we just chilled. We drank drank some cocktails and we just had some really good conversation. We should have been recording at the time. And I I mentioned that too, because... It was really good conversation, and a lot of it aligns with what we normally talk about on this podcast. So it would have been nice just to have a microphone in the middle of that room, but uh, we'll keep that conversation amongst ourselves. But yeah, this shout out is to our friend Marla. She came over, and we were just shooting the shit, and the TV never came on. We were just hanging out. We had a candle lit. It was all dark, and we're just vibing. Like It was cool. Yeah. No, it it was great. And that's what I was grateful for, too. And you stole it from me. So, Marla, we are thankful that you dropped in. And that's another thing. I, I like that, you know, we encourage people to drop in and say hi to us. Yeah. adventures. You don't have to, well, I mean, you really don't have to give us a heads up. But, I mean, if you're in the area and say, hey, we're stopping by, come on by. We got lots of space for spontaneous yeah. things. It was very so, hoog. Yeah, it was. Or hoogay. And if you don't know what hoogay is, you can check out our episode 29. about... 
29 about our trip to Copenhagen because it's definitely a Denmark thing. <laughs> yes. So, yes, Marla, my gratitude is also about you for dropping in on Thursday. And we are back to our normal Saturday night recording. Yeah, this weird. I, but it's not normal anymore because not. we don't do it anymore <laughs> I know. on Saturdays, except for this time. We're flexible. We are. Yeah. This episode always comes out on Tuesday. Always. We're consistent. We are. For you, our listeners. <laughs> oh, God, this is going to be right. a silly episode. I, yeah, no, we are going to be a little silly. Right. So, Jilly, yes. let's dive into today's topic. So, Go for it. Yeah, the reason this episode is all about creating a home that's accessible versus restricted, because as you know, well, maybe some of you don't know who are listening for the first time, we do have a... Well, now she's technically 14, a toddler. She's, 14, she's months. 14 months. And because she's more mobile, we really had to think intentionally, do we want to childproof things in our home or do we want to change our home to be accessible for her? Either way, it requires work. Yes, absolutely. So I, I think it's really cool how we've changed our mindset on instead of creating a childproof home, we're now creating a home that's accessible to all. And Lucille counts. We're it's human accessible, yeah. tiny, tall, medium, yeah. whatever your size. Any size, is. yeah. And we made this decision consciously before Lucille was born. I, I think we had this conversation a couple of times. We were just like, you know, we want to make the home friendly for her. We want her to explore and get into things because I think that's how you learn. Oh, it's absolutely how you learn. And we'll, we'll kind of talk a little bit more about that in this podcast. But we made this decision long before Lucille was uh, with us. We did have that conversation. And I think it's important. I am a, a teacher. Like, I'm going on my 11th year of teaching. And I've seen Damn. it. I've seen it in action. I think it's really important that whatever the environment you're in, you need to create it to kind of mimic what real life is like. Right. Because how else are you going to prepare your kids for the world unless it mimics the real world and the real world can be dangerous there's going to be problems there's going to be struggles and i'm not saying that we're going to have sharp knives out for lucille to play with but <laughs> you need to let the kids get dirty get chaotic mm -hmm. it's it's going to get messy because that's how they learn they need to be able to fail and make mistakes and what's even better is that if it's at the home the parents get to be there to watch it to be there right. to meet them where they're at and just to help guide them in allowing them to find a solution versus us trying to safe proof everything and fix it because that's not the real world and that we're doing them a huge disservice if right. we're always trying to keep them in a bubble well we're you know one of the first things they think of when they're their kids is like places you can't go into you're restricted from that and really we want them to be open we want their minds to be open and be able to explore places and learn new things and have new adventures and part of their adventures you know even though it may seem very simple to us and, and, and unexciting but going through a cabinet for them and banging around pots and pans or you know plastic things is is an adventure for them oh my god they're 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 developing so rapidly between the ages of like birth and six years it's mm -hmm. phenomenal so like they're inputting so much information so of course they want to use all of their senses to explore what is it what sound does it make what does it taste like right. even if they're not <laughs> supposed to be eating it they don't know so like their brain is trying to figure out what's edible what's not and it's just so freaking wild to watch lucille explore and just 
go in headfirst to yeah. whatever, and it's like, I can't believe she put that in her mouth, but we probably put a lot of worse things in our mouth, too, back in the day. Oh, I mean, I know my parents always joke around. I mean, they used to play with mercury and stuff as kids, <laughs> and it's just like, you know, we have to stay away from mercury. Like, it's, <laughs> they think we're, it's a death trap for us, but they turned out normal, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. playing with mercury. No, but I think the important skills that we use today as adults, we should be teaching our kids, and I think that's problem solving, critical thinking, and just creative thinking. Yes. I feel like we use those skills all the time. And sometimes I think it's stifled if you're in an environment that's restricted and is always protected and quote unquote Mm -hmm. safe. Like how are they going to problem solve, critically think, and use their creativity if everything is always done for them or fixed for them or you know it's just there's no there's no struggle and the struggle is the most meaningful part of life right no i i definitely agree with that and and you know again i think it's the sense of adventure too like if you keep getting closed off and restricted from places you lose your sense of adventure and that's something that we want lucille to have always and obviously we want her to follow the rules like if there's certain places that she can't go to because they're restricted or whatever outside of the home Yes, she's going to have to learn that. But within the home, this is a place that she lives. I feel like everything should be accessible to her, particularly things that are safe for her at this age. Yeah, I'm going to say it again. She's like a free-range chicken. Like, we have <laughs> we have boundaries, but we let her roam free. And the chickens that are free-range are a lot happier because yes. they have that freedom to roam and explore. The ones that are caged up and always restricted, it's... They're very, very yeah. unhappy chickens. And that's another thing, too. Like, I don't want to have to keep telling her no, not get into this, don't get into that. I don't want the word no being repeated early on in her life. Yes. It's just one of those things where it just gets ingrained. And, and the more you hear no, you know, it's just like... It doesn't have an importance anymore. Then it feels like they have to break the rules all the time because they want to do certain thing. When they hear no, they still want to do it. And oh, yeah, then we get mad when they do it. But if we make a home more child-friendly, we don't have to tell them no as often. Exactly. And it does take work. And we have done a lot of things in the home to tweak it and make it human-friendly for all humans, (laughs) tall and small. We only restrict the dogs. (laughs) (laughs) But I wanted to start off, before we talk about what we've done so far, I wanted to start off with this this quick blurb from a pot, from um, a... uh, a post I read, and I will tag the the article that I read. It was on a, show notes in the show notes. What did I say? It's a tag, but tag. Okay, it works. thank you, yeah. sweetheart. Yeah, um, I, I was you. really captivated by the beginning of this article. So it said, "When did American homes begin to bear some resemblance to psychiatric institutions?" Oh, if you think about it, child locks on toilets, on cabinets, like everything safeguarded. There's they have cushions for the corner of tables now like if you think everything's God, you know padded what? I and just, this just hit me you know if the toilet is locked like seriously that's got to stifle potty training because it's then considered a dangerous place yeah i can't imagine what the um, the perspective of a kid is like seeing this lock on the toilet that mommy and daddy use all the time it's like well if they use it like why why can't yeah. i get into it that's interesting. Yeah. And it said, um, we childproof out of fear, but we also childproof because it makes life easier. In previous generations, childproofing was used to keep children safe. Was used to keep chi- was used 
Am I saying that right? Use. <laughs> Two utes. <laughs> so sorry. Childproofing was used to keep children safe from life-threatening danger. This still holds true. Today, the childproofing industry has expanded to create products that prevent every possible bump and bruise. Man. I, it's it's true. Yep. It's so true. And, and we do, I think there are a lot of parents out there who live in fear for their child getting hurt. And obviously, we don't want to see our, your kids get hurt. I mean, it's no. it's an emotional thing, but it's also part of growing up. Kids are going to fall. They're going to get bumps, bruises, scrapes, cuts, you know, all those things. And, and but it, it helps them learn. It helps them learn Absolutely. that things are dangerous or they shouldn't be doing things a certain way. And if we keep protecting them and trying to prevent everything from happening to them, when they get older, those experiences are going to be a lot worse. Well, to me, you're not experiencing life unless you're no. failing and making mistakes. Right. But Absolutely. that's just my perspective. And I feel like I've done the most growth as an adult by failing and making mistakes or there's going to be parts of life that are just really stressful and overwhelming, but that's how I learn. That's how I grow. You don't learn from lecturing. You don't learn from being safe. You don't learn from not trying something new. So it's like, why don't we instill those values that we have as for adults and we need to start them younger. Right. But to kind of go back on what you were saying about the people who promote those quote unquote safety products. Yeah. They use your fear oh, to sell their products. Your fear of what's going to happen to your kid, and, mm-hmm. and you think that you have to have the top of the line this, and you're going to pay. You're going to pay whatever it costs to, to protect your kids. Like, let's be serious. Like and your I, kids, yes. you're going to pay. You would pay a million dollars if something protected your kid from everything. And I feel like it almost makes you feel like you're a bad parent if you don't buy it. Right. Like. I'm a bad parent if I don't buy these cushion things that go on the corners of tables. I'm a bad parent if I don't buy these cabinet locks for my kitchen cabinets. Like I think society and social media and all of that really make you think that you're less Mm -hmm. if you don't own these things and you have a baby or a kid. And Lucille has had her, her bumps, her falls, her bruises and whatnot, but the more I the, the more I think about it and the more I look back on it, she's more cautious when she do, does certain things now and she's not doing those same mistakes that she had made earlier. Like she's actually learning from them and, and she's either slowing down because she knew she was going too fast and, and realized that, hey, she I mean, she's fallen off the couch before, but now mm-hmm. she knows to not, you know, oh, mess around on her, the edges. Yeah. Like she, she's yes. very calculated, but it's because she's made mistakes and Yes, it sucks when she falls down and she's crying, but usually she's over it in 30 seconds after being on your boob or us holding her. Like it's just, it's a very small fraction of a second um, that there's, you know, something wrong. And then they forget, well, they don't forget about it. They learn from it, but they're on to the next thing in just a few seconds. What I've observed is that babies are way more resilient than I ever thought possible. Way resilient. That's why they're all cartilage. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she does Listen, they're going to fall. But they're forming. But, you know, she's all cartilage. And, and, you know, they're... She's all cartilage. Really? I mean, she is. So that's why, you know, it's evolution of of the human is, is such a crazy thing. Because when you're young... You have to be resilient because stuff's going to happen to you while you're learning. 
and our bodies evolve and it's just it's such a cool thing to see and yes we're fragile when we get older if i fall down i'm out of commission for a week or so i know but as a baby they're up in 30 seconds and running again and i have to say that i've observed more than on the occasion of just how resilient she is and i she's very resilient so she fell on the stairs yeah are you gonna go there i wasn't sure if you're gonna bring that up but I, can I say that when she was halfway up the stairs and instead of being behind her, like I normally am, I was in front of her. And when she fell down, watching her tumble, it's like her body knew exactly what to do. It was crazy. Yeah. Have you ever seen Hook? The movie? Yes. With uh, Dustin Hoffman? Yes. There's and Robin one of, Williams? One of the Lost Boys who's, and he's like a bigger guy and he like oh, he grabs little... his legs and he like <laughs> rolls like a ball yeah. down. Yeah. yeah. That's what it reminded me of. She, it's like her body immediately like knew what to do. She right. got in a ball formation. Wow, And crazy. she rolled down the steps. But still, I'm like terrified that like, shit, my kid just fell on the stairs and I was in front of her instead of behind her. Like, I felt miserable horrible i dreamt about it that night well yeah I, the, oh. the aftermath was tough for you I, I was she was fine after 30 seconds yes she but was. i was more concerned about you and i just felt like a horrible mom but then after reflecting on it and seeing you were trying how, to encourage her and, I know. and you know it's it's just one of those things where you, you've you know she's been up and down the stairs already probably a hundred yes. times you know, with supervision, except for that one time when she went up by herself. Uh, but, <laughs> but uh, you know, we, we, you know, we wanted to encourage her and you wanted to, you know, have her go up the stairs. And it was just one of those things. You, we're still learning as parents. Yeah. Just as no, much as the true. kids learning, we learn she, as parents. <laughs> and, and it is. She's as teaching bad as me you to felt, trust you know, her. Yeah. I mean, she was fine. Yes. You know? And I think, I think that's the lesson that I got out of that, that hardship that struggle for me was that I need to trust Lucille more and know that she's going to know what to do and I need to just trust her instincts and her reflexes because man she's eaten a lot of things that she shouldn't have and she's instead of swallowing them she keeps them in her mouth it's so crazy she just spits it out and I'm like holy shit she just she had a cherry pit how did I get a cherry pit she's had seeds in her mouth before like I found a seed in her mouth too and it was just like she just had it in the front of it it it's like she had a dip in in the front of her mouth and she smiled and I saw this black thing in her mouth I was like what are you doing and she was just holding it she knew it wasn't edible or she couldn't swallow it so it's 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 crazy watching her body yeah like she her brain knows that I don't think this is good. I'm going to reject this or I'm going to keep it in my mouth. And then when I hold up my hand, she just spits it out. I'm like, wow, like the human body is so miraculous to me. So I, I'm learning a lot Yeah, to trust her a lot more through this process. (laughs) But you know, kind of getting back, I, did you, do we want to talk about like the specific things that we've done to make things child friendly through the house? Yes. I thought that would be, I think that's good just to kind of give people a visual. Yes. I agree. Cool. Go for it. First one. I'll take the next one. So what we have done, I think the room that we're in majority in is our kitchen. Yes. We're in our kitchen every day, all the time, because food and cooking is important to us. And we agreed that we were going to take all of our cleaning products, yeah. although they are very natural-ish, natural-ish, we were like, we need to get these out from underneath their sink whereas yeah i think majority in america they keep their cleaning supplies under their it's sink just it's just how what it is. we do yes like they're it's so funny and we've probably talked about this in previous episodes but just how like 
standard the home has become and people think that the dining room has to be the dining room the living room has to be the or sitting room has to be a sitting room the family room has to be and it's just like you know your home doesn't have to be like every other person's home make it work for you curate it to your lifestyle to your values to what works for you but yeah so we move the cleaning supplies to a very very high cabinet so there is no possible way unless she grows taller than you which you are what six what I'm six three six three, um, but yeah. So right now, it I think it may have like a pan and a pizza stone in there, which yeah. she can touch and feel, and we're okay with that. So everything that she on, inspects the pipes now, so she does. Yeah, but yeah, everything that's in her eye level or her height is accessible to her. Yeah. We don't care if she plays with it. Yeah. There's pans, there's pots, there's glass lids, there's Tupperware, there's glass lids. Yeah, that's they're glass. Oh, cool. But she gets them out all the time. It's they're pretty safe. Okay. If it breaks, I'll be there. We'll go through the struggle together. Fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, no, it, there's nothing like sharp or anything like that. She's not going to get into knives or or scissors or anything like that. Correct. So yeah, we've made it uh, available for her so that she can mess around with pots and pans and um, what are those col- colanders or colander colanders. Yeah. Um, just anything that, that, you know, she can be creative with. And then when she sees us using them in the kitchen for cooking, she's going to realize what they're for. And she's like, oh, this is what I was playing with. And this is what it's for. So, mm-hmm. you know, we want her to get used to these different things as early as possible. And I think that's why she wants to play with it, because she wants to play with anything that we use. Right. She sees mommy use the pan. She sees... we me use the colander so it's like oh mom uses it i want to use it she's we're their biggest model so she wants to use what we use so why not she has her own little dustpan and and brush because she sees us doing that you know (laughs) we we vacuum once a week but you know during the week we'll kind of sweep up some of the dog hair that's you know on the floors and everything like that and she sees that and she wants to she wants to help out so we have this little dustpan and little brush and you know she can mimic what you're doing and Mm -hmm. It's just really cool to watch her, like, you know, see us do that. It is. Yeah. What did you have? So another thing that we've done is we've minimized the amount of stuff that's in our house. So it's made it a lot easier for us to keep track of what's going on in the cabinets and what's going around, you know, what's on the the floors in the house. So, you know, just overall our simple living and us being, you know, very minimal of what we keep is just made it that much easier. Like we don't have a lot to clean or anything like that. And most of the things that are out on the ground level are either her toys or things that, you know, we want her to get into. So I feel like just us being more minimalistic and not having duplicates of things and and has allowed a lot of like empty shelf space too. So in some of the bottom drawers where you have next to nothing, but it's things that, you know, she can get into and play with yes we don't we're not a home that appreciates knickknacks and these little fragile figurines we're just not those people and some people are and you know to each their own but those things could be a little bit more tricky with kids and luckily you know we don't have those little tiny knickknacks or fragile figurines so we're not worried when Lucille gets on top of a table or and we don't even have that many tables because we've got rid of so much furniture so there's not a whole bunch that she could really get into that we are fearful of. Yeah. And the tables we do have, yes, they have pointy corners. Yes, they can fall sometimes. And 
sometimes she's knocked them over and she's pushed them and they've fallen. But she's learned from it. She's survived and she's still here and it's okay. Yeah. What's really cool is under our TV stand is just those, it's like those, it's four shelves or four cutouts and then four cutouts. So it's two, four cutouts on the bottom, four cutouts on top. It's like a cubicle. Yeah, cube kind of thing. Cubicle table, yeah. And there's toys in there, but then we also have books that are on some of those shelves. And it's so fun to watch her go grab the books and knock them throw off. them on the floor <laughs> like i mean she grabs them and throws them on the floor at first you know she was grabbing them and they were too heavy and they would just drop and now she's like picking up holding them and actually throwing them on the floor she'll spin through a couple of the pages there's like the uh the first year of um child like every week there was something about your child so it was like yeah. 52 weeks of your child growing growing and, and stuff yeah. like that so she throws That's that book, book your quote book she mm-hmm. throws um she has her little uh zoo book um, that she absolutely loves. Um, but it's just really cool under there. You know, there's a couple of those um, little, uh, what are those, canvas things that hold her toys in there. So she pulls The canvas those cubicle boxes. Yeah, the boxes. canvas cubicle yeah. boxes. So she's got her little uh, toys and everything in there that she can pull out. And mm-hmm. she's throwing a lot now. So she oh, yeah. takes them and throws them on the ground. But it's funny. Making at, proud. At, at first, my mom would watch her take try to get the books off the shelf and she's like jill that one book is really heavy that's gonna hurt her and it's it's really hard to like stay back and be like she's okay mom like if it does fall this isn't gonna injure her it's gonna be heavy and she's probably gonna learn like hey that hurt Mm -hmm. now i know that yeah i'm sure she's dropped it on her foot a couple times is bigger than the other thing so it's like a learning lesson in itself and we let her take risks like we don't let her put her life into danger by any means but it's really hard to step back and let things happen. But that's when she learns the most. And it's really fun to watch it happen and just be there for her and with her as she experiences it. But yeah. And one of the things too, is like, I think we've done really good at like controlling our reactions when something happens. Like if she falls down or if she drops something on herself or, or whatever, if she doesn't cry or anything like that, we don't make a big deal out of it. I know like the first thing is for somebody to like gasp or something like that when a kid falls, but you know, we have trained ourselves because the first hard. couple of times it's we were hard. like, oh, 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 are you okay? Yeah. And then it's just like, we don't say anything now. Like she falls down and it's just like, we just wait for her to we wait for her. Or, to us, and, yeah. and most of the time she, because she doesn't get that reaction from us, she just kind of gets up and, and does her own thing. But if she starts crying, of course, we're going to go over there and console her and, and make sure that she's okay. But for the most part, she falls down, looks around, and back up again. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I think another thing we've done is that we've made, we understand that any kind of furniture we have, we accept that it's an exploration device for her. It definitely is. It's not made to look pretty and perfect all the time for company. And for us, it's our couch is going to be a climbing machine for her. And oh, she's it already, already doing is, it. Yeah. yeah, like chairs, anything that we have. I think we've prepared our mindset that this couch is no longer for sitting. This couch has a new purpose. It's now for climbing, for jumping, for mm-hmm. pushing, for pulling. And we're okay. Yeah. Like that's how she needs to figure out what the couch is for. And if you think about it, if we come into this world and you see this couch, it's like, I don't know what this is for. I see people sitting on it, but I need to I need to test out these waters to see right. what this really is. And that's what her brain is doing. Her brain is trying to process so much. If you think about our homes, because there's so much in our homes, can you think about the overload of 
stimuli that's around her that she's like, I need to try and test everything, experiment right. with everything. I need to use all my senses to figure this out. And it's so crazy watching her do that. And it, But it's really hard to not stop her. And it's funny you say that too, because not only is it overload for a kid, but oftentimes it's overload for adults when there's so much stuff in the house. And we've covered that before in, yes. in, in past episodes, decluttering yes. is for one that I can pull off the top of my head. But yeah, if it's if it's stressful for us, if, if, if cluttering is um, overwhelming to adults, think about what it is for kids, you know, and, and that's why we've done a re- I feel like we've done a really good job of limiting the amount of toys that are out. Absolutely. Because we don't want her to be distracted and we want her to use her imagination with what she has. And she is always figuring out things to do. And it's just been really cool to see the evolution of what she's done with certain toys and now how she uses them. Yes, I think we, by limiting the amount of toys we do keep in the house, helps her learn how to focus more. And making sure the toys are like open-ended, like it doesn't have, just serve one purpose, you know? So I think that because we do have less toys, it allows her to be more creative with less and it allows us to be not as stressed either like she's not stressed and overwhelmed cleaning up at the end of the day is very very easy i mean it takes Mm -hmm. us if she pulls everything out of her baskets and whatnot it would still take us maybe a minute and a half to clean up everything yes it's very easy and i had something i wanted to share that we actually talked about on thursday with our lovely friend marla yeah is that i think when you are a parent because you want to make the environment so perfect and safe is that I really, I had this this desire that I was like, Nick, I wanna get rid of the TV. I don't want <laughs> I don't want Lucille to be in front of the TV at all. I don't want her to be distracted. I don't, I just don't want it to be, I don't wanna be in the home anymore. Like I just don't want it there. And Nick and my, our friend Marla was telling us that, so you wanna, you know, you, you wanna expose Lucille to everything and teach her how to solve problems, but we, I think that it's more valuable to have it in the home and teach her how to use it appropriately. And that was huge to me, like teaching Lucille boundaries and how to create, I guess, limits on things that may not be as good for us. Right. Yeah. My my point of view was that, yeah, we, I was like, I would like to watch TV every now and then. And if, it's there and she sees us using it very sparingly like intentionally uh, yeah yeah, and you know we watch it when we want to watch it you know i'll watch it probably a little bit more when hockey season comes around but it's not going to be every night and it's just something that's not on all the time like it's on in the morning when um your mom's watching her and they have like their show that they watch and then usually it's off the rest of the day Mm -hmm. so she knows that it's there but we use it sparingly and I think that's, that's going to help teach lesson. more self-control yes. in Absolutely. the future. It's almost, yeah, like I'm all about creating a home that's accessible. And I think by leaving the TV there is showing that, yes, it's accessible, but we're going to show you how we use it right. with intention, our purpose for using it. And I think that's truly a lot more powerful. I think by taking the television away, it's almost like putting pads in your home so they yeah. she doesn't get hurt yeah and it took me a while to kind of reflect on that and i was like you know what you're right i can't create the perfect safe environment for her so why why not leave the tv in here show her how we use it yeah. and 
we'll just be on our way. <laughs> Absolutely. So and I think we had a good compromise there. And I think there's a lot of lessons either way. Yes. But I think we're making the right decision. I agree. Especially since hockey season starting soon. And there's, <laughs> there's one more thing I wanted to add. For a while, we really, we really didn't have a baby gate. We do have a three-story house. We have a basement, a first floor, and a second floor. Yeah. And basement door stays closed all the time. Yes, that does. And but what was really cool, we did get a baby gate from a friend who gave it to us. So shout out to my girl Erin. What's um, up, Erin? But before we got that baby gate, we kind of just had this gate that could be moved. So Lucille, which was so cool. It was like an octagon that's supposed to be outside, like, like a, a baby pen, gate, yeah, yeah playpen, and we just turned it into a baby gate. But We're resourceful. I'm so glad that we didn't get a baby gate right away because we got to see Lucille figure out how to move the gate. She figured yeah. out how to open the gate, get in the gate. And then get up the stairs. And then get up the stairs. and But that's how she learned how to climb. Yeah. If we had a baby gate there to immediately begin with, right. she would have never had access right. to the steps. She would have never learned how to climb. She would have never learned how to go down the stairs. And now she can climb up. She can climb down. She can climb up couches. She can climb down the couch. Well, I don't know if she'd climb up it yet. She's getting She's close. close. But She's she, got that upper body strength now. <laughs> she does, but yeah. she knows how to get down off of beds now. She can so, get down off her little chair, off the, her new table. Yeah, so I'm yeah. so grateful we weren't those parents that rushed to like baby-proof the stairs in particular because if we did, we would have never, she would have never learned. And she respects the baby gate. She, so now that it is up, she, does, she yeah. respects it and... <laughs> you know, she she realizes she can't move that. Yeah. And so now she's finding other things to do. But she's learned early how to get up and down the stairs. Yes. And it's it's a valuable skill. It's also helped her become adventurous. Yes. She's had a mishap, as we mentioned earlier, but she's learned from it. Yes. And I will say the baby gate is not to restrict Lucille from climbing the stairs because we love being there when she climbs the yeah, stairs. It's more so when, climb the stairs. when yeah. mom's cooking in the kitchen, I don't have to worry about Lucille climbing the stairs when I'm cooking. It's right. like I can close it and know that I have boundaries for my little chicken so she can roam yeah. free while I'm doing other things. And then we'll get a baby gate for the basement when she learns how to open doors because <laughs> yes. she's getting close to reaching that already. Can you believe that? 14 months and she can almost reach the, the doorknob. Stop it. It's crazy. It is crazy. So we'll eventually get a baby gate for that. One but day. not now. We yeah. don't need to. No. And I do want to mention, this is the last thing, that we do have stools that hold plants and pots. That was concerning to me at first. Now I'm not so concerned anymore because she's done very well with those. And I think it's because we've had them all along. We've been yeah. watching her. These, yeah. There's a couple plants that are on these benches by the windows, and we thought, man, those could fall down. Those could hurt her. But you know what? She's touching them. She's exploring them. She pour, She pulls the soil out of them and brings it on the floor. <laughs> but that's it. Like, yeah. And she doesn't bother I was, with I them. I was definitely concerned about yeah. that, but the, the I'm glad that we kept it the way that we did Me because – she knows how to interact with them and we've yes. kind of been there as as she's been there we you were know present mm -hmm. yeah so she knows that she has to be careful around them but yeah if she wants to pull the soil out or if yeah. she wants to pull the petals off the flowers <laughs> why not you know it's fine just as long as she's not knocking them off the tables and you know hurting herself or anything like that and she's done very well yeah it's and just, we'll continue to monitor that you know yeah. we're, we're always keeping an eye on her mm -hmm. but she's since it's present you know it's almost like it's, you know, I've been there, done that. Maybe I don't need to mess with it anymore. 
Yes. And cool. No, we don't have locks on our toilet, and no, we don't have locks in our cabinets. Nope. And, and don't plan on doing it. We we really don't. And she's okay, and we're okay. Yeah. We're doing great. We are. <laughs> All right. So, Jilly. Yes. Do you have any resources for our lovely listeners? I do. So, our resource today is a blog post. All right. And yes, Nick, I'm talking in the microphone. You're giving me that look like, Jilly, you're getting away from the microphone. Echo. (laughs) (laughs) This is the blog post, and it's pretty much an argument against childproofing, and I was very intrigued. Ooh. We'll Um, put this in the show notes. Yes. Definitely. I'm just going to read you a little blurb about it. Or quote some of um, a couple paragraphs. So, in this blog post, it says, Allowing children to practice managing moderate dangers and boundaries inside the home may be the first step in helping them to make good decisions when they step on on the outside, which means the real world. And she goes to talk about her son. I love my son, and I supervise him closely. I truly believe he is going to be safer, more intellectually curious human being as a result of having experiences to test the boundaries and limits of his environment. I also believe that I will be a more confident, fearless mother by using these early opportunities to practice my hand at setting limits, teaching discipline, and modeling safety. Not to mention that his immune system will be stronger from sticking his hands in the toilet repeatedly. And Lucille loves sticking her hands in the dog bowls. Yes. And she's eaten dog food before. Yes, she's eaten dog food. She loves splashing the water bowls. So she will be very uh, resistant to different diseases. (laughs) Yes. And it says, over-the-top childproofing can deny children of the opportunity to make mistakes and learn to respond to structure. Babies and toddlers can be taught. Oops, sorry about that. Uh-oh. It's so sensitive. That's what she said? No. Damn it. <laughs> sorry. There we go. Babies and toddlers can be taught to be careful. They can make mistakes, but they can also learn from them. They can be taught not to touch everything in sight. All of this is possible, but don't get me wrong. It does take a great deal of time and attention. It does. That's good. I agree with everything there. And I think the way we're doing it, where we're creating a home that's more accessible, I think more of the work is in the forefront, like creating the environment. Whereas if you childproof things, the work is on the back end of it because if they do get into it or they, something does happen, then you're going to home Depot and getting more shit. You have to go, you know, try to find solutions for what does happen on the aftermath so i think we're being more proactive than reactive and i'm okay we are no and we'll kind of circle back you know we we talked about this before she was born we made a lot of the moves so really it's the same amount of work whether you're child proofing or whether you're making it child friendly the only difference is child friendly is cheaper and it's something you can do in your own home without having to go out to home depot or anything like that it was just very easy for us to move some things around but I think it all brings back as to why are we childproofing? How is this going to prepare her for the world? Right. And I think if you think about those questions, it's like, well, childproofing is not really repair- preparing her for the real world because everything's protected and there's locks mm-hmm. and boundaries. Whereas what the way we're choosing to do it is like, well, she's going to have problems. She's going to get into things. She's going to explore She's going to make mistakes, but we're going to be there to kind of help guide her. And 
I think any parent would rather be there to help guide them yes. in problem solving versus not being there, being present when that does happen. At least that's how we want to roll. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Anything else? No, that, that's about it. Let's get into that quote of the day. Jilly. All right. Our quote of the day is by Judy Bloom. Judy. Yes. What's up, Judy? Each of us must confront our own fears, must come face to face with them. How we handle our fears will determine where we go with the rest of our lives to experience adventure or to be limited by the fear of it. I don't want to be limited by fear. I don't either. No. We're adventurers at heart. And I have one more quote. Oh, two quotes. By James Stevens. You know what's better than one quote of the day? Two quotes. It's going to get a little weird. Two quotes of the day. His quote is, curiosity will conquer fear even more than bravery will. That's why my friends call me Whiskers. Oh my gosh. Because I'm curious like a cat. What is that from? Harry Carey, Saturday Night Live. (laughs) Sorry, that's the only thing I think of. I didn't mean to make a joke out of your quote of the day. You ready for our take action challenge? Let's challenge our listeners. So, your take action challenge is... Live life out of the bubble wrap, or even let your kids live life out of the bubble wrap. Yes. Let yourself, maybe your spouse or a friend, or even your child, if you have children, face a fear or a challenge head on instead of trying to prevent it. It's okay for it to happen. Be present with them and meet them at their level. Help guide them to find their own path to solving a problem because that's where the true learning happens. I'd like to know if anybody tries to face their fears this week. Message us if you've done something and please to face your fears. Don't take this as, oh, I'm not going to wear a helmet when I go bike riding. Yeah. No, don't be dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe do things the, within reason. Take a new path on your bike versus doing the old path you always do. Go down a new street. Don't be afraid to get lost a little. We all have GPS now. Yeah. It's okay. And don't try the hot dog that's been on the 7-Eleven roller <laughs> for 36 hours either. That's <laughs> that's not facing your fears either. That's just dumb. <laughs> Thank you, honey. You're welcome. Dynamite drop it. Hey, just in case anybody was fearful of a 36-hour hot dog. You never know. I don't think they're allowed. Are they allowed to keep no. them out there that long? <laughs> For some reason, now I really I, want a hot dog. <laughs> oh, I'm down. <laughs> it's too late. We can't eat hot dogs. Hot dreams and nightmares. Well. Speak for yourself. All right. All right, folks. That's going to wrap it up for today's episode. We hope you enjoyed what you heard today. And if you did, please like, screen share. Screen share. Yeah, share, share, take a screenshot and put it on social media. Please write us a review. It helps us reach a larger audience. And we will talk to you lovely people next week. See you later, guys. We want to thank everybody for listening today. Please be sure to subscribe and sign up to receive notifications so you know when the next episode is live. If you liked today's episode and know someone who could benefit from the topic we covered, please share it with them. And if you have any suggestions for us and want to chime in on today's topic, you can email us at simplifiedchaospodcast at gmail.com, and that's chaos with a K, or send us a comment on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you next